You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Welcome back to Faith and Fostering. It's great to have you with us again today. This is part two of a two-part episode. So if you haven't heard last week's episode, then I suggest you go back and have a listen to it, as that's going to set you up for the discussion that's about to start. For those of you who have, let's launch in with part two of this interview. We've been going through the book of Ephesians, and actually, you know, as Paul kind of wraps up in the last chapter, he talks about the armour and you know, this reminder, yeah, we were in this spiritual battle as well. But the guy that we were listening to unpack it, he was talking about, yeah, Satan often goes for where we're strong because that's where we're relying on ourselves and actually Mm -hmm. weakness is where we're tapping into God's power. And so our weakness is, yeah, strangely our strength because we're relying Mm. on God and it's often our strength areas that we can, yeah, suddenly find ourselves, you know, yeah, going down a slippery slope because we're just doing it on our own, um, in our own strength. And it's something really good to ponder. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, I feel like over the last few months, and you know, it, it I feel like my attitude has been um, struggling, and it's easy to blame it on having you know three to four kids or being pregnant. Um, and I was reading a book and or listening to a to an audio book, and um, she ha- suggests doing this uh, gentleness challenge because she said she was like that. She was in a in a time of um, pregnancy and then having newborns and just snapping at her kids and and then but justifying it by but I've just had kids and I've got other kids to care for and I'm tired and I'm hormonal and you know um, and and she said but that's not a, that's not that's not a good enough excuse. That's not, you know, we can't just um, justify it like that. Um, so she did this gentleness challenge for 30 days um, and told her kids about it and said, I want to talk gently to all of you. I know I haven't been and I want to be. Um, and so they were reading through um, through some of Ephesians as well. And, yeah, and just reminding, you know, reminding the kids to be gentle with each other and, and, of course, the kids remind her to be gentle um, when she's not, not talking gently. <laughs> and so I decided, I said to Matt, uh, my husband, I said, I think I, think I need to be, be doing a gentleness challenge. Um, and, and, yeah, and it does. It changes every time I do talk and if I'm not talking in a gentle way. It pulls me up just to go, hang on, how are we called to talk to each other? And what example is this setting for our girls? And so then when, when the girls are having a challenging time, and I'll just sit with them and say, oh, do you want to pray with me? And we'll ask God to help us keep our words kind, keep our hands kind, be gentle with each other. Um, because, yeah, because that's what we are called to do. There's so many Bible verses on on how we speak and how important that is. Um, so, yeah, we've actually been doing that this month. Um, and it's, yeah, it's definitely helping um, my attitude and what comes into my head and, and how I respond to the kids. Yeah. And that's what I think is so beautiful about stepping into a place where you're out of your comfort zone, out of your depth, out of your ability is, yeah, God becomes real in another whole way and more layers. And I think particularly within the Western world and in Australia and in our culture, like as Christians, there's a lot of places where we can just coast if we let ourselves and we're actually not growing in our faith because we don't have, and I mean, there are still definitely challenges, but um, 
yeah, there's just different ways. And I definitely think that foster care is an incredible way to grow in your faith, a hard way, but such a valuable way. And the more stories you hear about need, um, yeah, the more you're like, well, this is doing many things on in many directions at the same time. Yeah, so. definitely. And a lot of people sort of say like, oh, you're so good what you're doing for these kids and it's, so, you know, you're such a blessing to them and you just think, oh, you have no idea how much of it is the other way around. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I do feel like you're a little bit of a superwoman. I know that you're relying on God, but you've got um, four littlies in the house and one more on the way um, in varying kind of rhythms. And, yeah, that is a lot to be saying yes to and have you sort of, before we kind of go into, you know, what that's been teaching you about yourself and your kids and family and the Lord, just before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you a bit about like your community and the people around you, your friends and family. How have they kind of watched and leaned in on this journey that you guys are on? Yeah, it's interesting. I definitely thought um, because there's a not, there is a lot of negativity around um, foster care and I thought when I started telling people that I might get a bit of, oh, you shouldn't do that or, oh, it's, you know, it, it'll affect your kids or it'll affect your marriage. or um, But I didn't. I mostly just got all support from definitely from both of our families and from all my close friends. Um, yeah, just support for us and um, encouragement. Um, yeah, so that's been really good. Um, and, yeah, uh, Matt's parents live uh, about 15 minutes away and my mum and dad live next door, so we have a lot of um, physical support in that sense that um, they can help with, with any of the kids or, um, yeah, helping out in, in different ways. Um, yeah, so it's been good. And it's been um, interesting just as I share things that I learn um, with with my friends as well and they go, oh, yeah, wow, I hadn't thought about that or, um, yeah, just changing their perspective on things as well, same as my perspective has changed a lot on things um, related to foster care. So, yeah. Yeah, and for your mum who's kind of helping out, you know, right next door, how has she found, or and your dad, um, I guess the extra demands on her, like does she have grandkids elsewhere or how has she kind of managed the, because that's sometimes I think about um, the extra pressure on our family inevitably flows on to extra pressure on our support people and that's sometimes a tricky one to navigate. Yeah, I've tried to, um, yeah, tried to not put too much pressure on either of the families Um and I also have three sisters who live next door, so I kind of try and um, oh, alternate babysitting with them um, <laughs> and they're all kind of like finished school age. Um, yeah, so I try and um, alternate between family uh, so that no one, not one family or one person is getting um, too much pressure. Uh, yeah, which I think is working well and I think that's the blessing of having two families and multiple sisters um, nearby. Absolutely. That, um, it hasn't been too much pressure on, on any one person or one family. Yeah, and that's so beautiful that you've got that um, set up already around you. Like it just, yeah, it, it's so helpful to have that yeah definitely when like when we went through the training and that sort of thing they sort of said okay so who are your support people and uh it was like, oh, we've got family next door we've got family 15 minutes away and we also had another foster family who lived next door on the other side um oh, wow. and they were kind of like oh you, you sound like you're you're, you're right then <laughs> <laughs> yep you've got that sorted that is yeah. quite great 
And so, yeah, what do you think in in sort of stepping in are some of the things that you've learned about yourself firstly? Um, I think one of the big things is that, well, I've just, I, um, my view of biological parents has changed a lot, which um, mm. has has affected me a lot. I think beforehand I just thought that they were pretty uncaring, selfish people who, you know, didn't love their kids, I suppose. Um, and through a lot of my research and um, talking to different people, uh, I realised that that was inaccurate of a lot of biological parents. Um, and so, yeah, having that big shift um, and realising that foster care isn't always just about caring for children in our home, which is what I thought it was, but it is about um, being extended family to the families um, when it's safe and possible um, of the kids who are in our care. And um, I remember before we started fostering and I'd always hear that you need to be very empathetic to be foster carers and I've never been very empathetic and I always kind of push it down and thought, oh, well, hopefully something will happen and I'll become (laughs) a bit more empathetic (laughs) because I knew that it wasn't a strength of mine. Um, And through all my studies, especially of trauma um, and realising that so many of these parents have suffered their own trauma and are, mm. are doing doing this parenting unsupported and just not knowing about a lot of different things, um, and definitely grew my empathy that they they have had their they're most likely had their own struggles as children and teens um, and their new parents and so my empathy their, yeah my capacity um, to have empathy not only for the kids which is something that I think would have became naturally to me um, which is why I wanted to do yeah. it but for the parents has been, um, yeah, been a really big thing. And in the, in that, um, in my learning about trauma and things, I've also had a lot more empathy for my family and friends who I now realise have probably had things in their childhood that have affected them, whereas before I had a very black and white view and I would just be like, why don't they just stop doing that? Why do they keep doing that destructive behaviour? Yeah. Why, you know, why can't they just stop? Uh, and now I realise how much trauma changes your brain and affects behaviour and, yeah, just that it's all tied together so, so much and that I never, yeah, never understood that. Yeah, and goodness, that's so valuable, isn't it, In as we walk out as, yeah, people who are called to love and um, have compa- be motivated by compassion for the suffering of others. And you would think... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I used to think that would come more naturally, but actually it's the opposite. Like our flesh is almost more calloused sometimes to the needs of others because we might feel overwhelmed or we don't know what to do or we're scared about our own, you know, what's it going to bring into our lives. But actually, yeah, the more we lean into who God is making us to be in his spirit, you do start to go, oh, actually, yeah, I am thinking more about the suffering of somebody else. And it is moving me to do more and more, um, I guess, reflection or what, how I can help or, yeah, and it, it does just change us in the best ways. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's been um, and been interesting. And another thing that I think um, flowing on from that is I never was very interested interested in biology or things to do with the body and again since since studying trauma things and doing different courses and um, I've just been fascinated by it and would love to do further study on it 
because now that I see how many things are tied together and how much people are affected by things, um, yeah, I just want to understand more because the more I understand, the more empathy I have for people and the more I want to serve them and love them because I realise that, um, yeah, some, some, some of their behaviour or some of their problems or whatever um, isn't, they're not choices that they're making. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, um, it's because of something that's happened to them. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. And flowing on from that, what have you seen kind of, what have you learnt about your family and how your family operates? Um, I think we were pretty surprised how adaptive our girls were when we um, had kids come in and they're just so un- unfazed by it and, just, and yeah. they were pretty young at the time as well. And so for them to just like accept a, another child coming in and then another child and then a child going a week later <laughs> and then coming back occasionally and then another child coming for a yeah, long wow. stint and then leaving and then coming back again and just that, yeah, amazing how how much... And like the kids that we have, the two boys that we have, um, haven't been, uh, had a lot of behavioural issues, obvious behavioural issues. And so um, they haven't sort of hurt our girls or um, caused them a lot of grief or anything. Um, So their relationships have been really nice. So I realised that it could be different if you um, had children who had um, a lot more um, challenging behaviour. Um, yeah, but it's been, yeah, it's been awesome to see that in our girls and in, in ourselves as well, in Matt and I and how we, yeah, have adapted just, um, and just accepted like the different things that get thrown our way and to say, oh, yep, all right, sure, we'll try it, (laughs) we'll give it a go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That is amazing. And I mean, because you, your two girls are still quite young, you know that you can't, I mean, you're talking at their level, but you're not going to get that much through conversationally because they aren't going to be able to like reflect on, oh, well, this is making me feel this way as, as you know, well, I think they still will be able to do some of that. But like, is there sort of other ways that you've helped them understand, well, this is what's happening? Or do you still think it's mostly through, well, just sitting down and going, this is going to happen? Yeah, I think just just trying to keep things nice and simple for them. And um, our oldest is she, she's four and a half, and so and she's quite a mature four and a half year old, I think. And so she often has a lot of questions, um, and and you can see her brain ticking over trying to like sort things out in her head. Um, and yeah. she's yeah, and also for her, like seeing her have empathy for other people as well, and and like praying for um, the little boys or praying for their parents um, and seeing them have that, um, yeah, and like just knowing that from such a young age they'll grow up just having this as a normal thing that they care for other people's children or and other people um, is something that I think is just so valuable for them. Um, and for our youngest, she is um, she's just a very a very loving girl. She's very independent and very fierce, but she – she just loves any little kids and so any extra little kids who come Aww. she just wants to hug them and she wants to help get nappies and wipes <laughs> and she wants to find their dummy and you know she just um so for her it's all very basic but she like that just suits her and she just goes I see a need I'll just get I'll find the dummy I'll find them a toy they're crying I'll find them a toy to play with. you know so she doesn't understand much of it at all but um doesn't affect her um yeah she just carries on with life and just accepts it all 
That's so great. Do you think kind of being on a property and doing some of the things that you do there has helped instill that in them as well? Or do you think that's just part of watching you? You know, what do you think are some of the reasons that she's already got those things in her? Yeah, well, I've definitely been fascinated by even just the difference in our two girls um, and just that they can be raised the same and they can have such different personalities and such different ways of relating and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, yeah, that's part of it as well, just being on this property. And we also have a friend who lives on the property with us and, and they have, uh, she has two kids as well. And so there's also another two kids running around just outside as well. Um, and so they're kind of very used to just having extra little kids come and come be around. Run around. Um, yeah. And yeah. And just sort of, that's just a part of what their life is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Her, I, I am very interested in the differences in their, um, in our two girls um, character and the way they, yeah, the way they relate to each other and other people um, and just how different they are and how I've had to parent them differently because of like with our first, I remember teaching her, you know, have, you have to say thank you, you have to say please and you have to say sorry, you have, you have to just do this. And then realising with our second, she was not going to say those things. She had no intention to say them. And so I stopped trying. I just thought, I don't even know. And now she has the most genuine pleases, thank yous and sorries. But it had to be on her time. It had to be. She wasn't going to, like, just be forced to say it, which, you know, is just so interesting and taught me that, like, you shouldn't teach. I shouldn't force them, have forced my firstborn probably because hers were less genuine because she was like, well, this is what I have to say, so I'll just say it. Whereas our second born is like, I'm not saying it until I'm ready. And then once she had more words, she would say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say sorry. <laughs> and now she, yeah, yeah, she would just, yeah, which has been so interesting and definitely just made me think, wow, all kids are so different. Even if they're siblings and they are raised, you know, pretty much the same unless you realise something needs to change, um, yeah, that all kids who come into our care could be all so different as well. <laughs> For sure. Yes, there is so much difference. And even my husband and I, I think there is a real strength in knowing yourself, like understanding a bit of yourself and why you do the things that you do and you lean into the things that you lean in. And obviously it's quite popular, yeah, just even within the world, um, knowing kind of our personality types or, and whilst, yeah, you know, we're individual, I think some of those things are good to know. Like my husband and I were chatting the other day and we were just talking about like our compliance I'm quite compliant. Like if somebody asks me to do something, I am leaning in. Whereas, yeah, we were talking about school and and he was kind of going, oh, if I got asked to do that, like I would intentionally think about how I could push the envelope. Or he was talking about, yeah, catching a train and working out in his brain like how many tickets he would have to pay before it would be worthwhile, like paying every time he got on the train or the bus to go to uni or whatever. And I was like, oh my goodness, I would yeah. never do that. Like I would always pay for a ticket. I'd be petrified of getting caught without one. And it, it's curious because those things do come into play when you're parenting and when you're teaching and um, what you think is important to learn and what's not. And I, yeah, I just think it's beautiful and fascinating um, the way that we're made and that we do, some of us, yeah, we come out with these different personalities and character traits that I believe God's already put in us and then other things we learn and there's environment that influences things and it is really interesting how people yeah. form, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, and I think that's and what's so I good think, about foster care. Sorry, you go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, again, learning about trauma and triggers, I hadn't ever really understood anything about triggers before, whereas now, and as a parent, I think it's been valuable for me to understand what triggers me, what my kids do that trigger me so that I can avoid that. Or if I see a trigger, I can move away and give myself some space because, and and it also helps me have more empathy for any kids or people um, in general, just (laughs) when you get triggered, it's unbelievable. Your brain doesn't even like recognize what's happening. And so now to understand that and realize, and I can say to my husband, like, oh yeah, no, that's a trigger for me. I need to go. (laughs) And just those things are just so valuable to, um, to learn and understand to then be able to, yeah, to, to parent better and the same to recognize them in our kids and to say to them, like, this is something which which always upsets you at the moment and so let's find a way that we can stop it from happening or let's, you know, workshop what things we can do when you feel upset because, um, yeah, recognising the triggers and then having an, a, a, you know, an action plan for when triggers happen. Um, yeah, and everyone's so different. Everyone's triggers are so different. Something that can completely set me off, my husband is not phased by, you know, and it's just yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, it is. And as we kind of wrap up, Alice, what what are some of the things that you sort of, I don't know, maybe understood in a new way about God or maybe learned something new about him that you didn't know about before? Um, I think one thing is that like we read the Bible verses that say um, that it's not going to be an easy, you know, being a Christian isn't easy. Um, but I think that I've definitely learned that like, and hard, hard isn't bad though, either hard is necessary. Mm. And especially, you know, as for any Christian, but in, in foster care, there's a lot of hard and that doesn't mean that it's bad and it doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's wrong. Um, but it's a, it's such a place to grow from a hard place. That's where, you know, God can, um, grow us so much as well. Yeah. And, and we are hardwired to, yeah, want comfort and ease and security and all the things that God's like, no, 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 you do not need those things to grow with me. Like it's actually the opposite. I want to take you on, yeah, this adventure of trust and faith and getting out of boats when, you know, you really should be staying in them. And it is countercultural. Um, but, yes, it is actually where the adventure is and I think sometimes – we look for a, you know, almost like faux adventure because I think we are hardwired for um, for the God adventure and the risk and the challenges that he wants to take us on because it feeds into that sense of satisfaction and purpose when you're like, well, I'm living for something that is valuable and worthwhile and it, it is that journey in life of actually discovering how to how does this work. I think, I don't know, I think a lot of our Christian journey is trying to unpack parts of, well, what does God really mean when he says, pick up your cross and follow me every day? Like, what does that mean? How do I do that in my context and my family? And so, yeah, Yeah. those things are so valuable. And I think foster care certainly helps clarify some of those things for us. Yeah, definitely. I was saying to my husband last night that, like, if I wasn't a Christian, I likely wouldn't have gone into foster care because it is hard and it is, you know, it's, it's chaos and you know everything but um yeah but I think that the growth and the yeah the purpose in it and everything it's so worth doing but it's only because of my faith that I would choose to do it because why would I choose to have 
a hard life if I didn't, you know, <laughs> why would I choose to make it harder than it needs to be? Um, yeah. yeah. So, so even just that, just the simplicity of the fact that because of my faith, um, that this is what we're doing and it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for yeah sharing some of your story Alice and what is um because you've got a couple of different profiles on Instagram what are some of the names that you post under yeah my main one is at faith.foster.flourish okay yeah um so if anybody wants to kind of follow up and go and do a little bit of yeah checking on what you guys are up to down in Tassie they can do that and yeah it's just been a joy to chat to you and hear some of your story and yeah Look forward to being in touch as you keep on going. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And until we catch up next time, remember, every child deserves a family. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.